Jonah here this morning. We was preaching through uh, a little bit of Jonah last week, uh, and we was talking about the booth uh, that he was under uh, and the shade also that God provided, and was looking at the fact that uh, he had built a booth for himself to provide himself shade, but also God caused the gourd to grow up over top of his head to provide him shade. And so the idea was, was why did God cause a gourd to grow up over his head to provide him shade if he built a booth for himself to provide himself shade? And so the idea was, and of course what we see is that man in his attempts to uh, comfort his own life and go, and go about things his own way and be the architect of his own life, uh, is it is all vain and futile without God. The only time in the whole book of Jonah we ever see where Jonah uh, was, uh, the only time we ever see in the book of Jonah that Jonah was happy was when God did something and it was outside of Jonah. Uh, Jonah had nothing to do with his happiness there, but it was the Lord himself. He caused the gore to grow up over top of Jonah's head and it was through Jonah, I mean through God, that Jonah found uh, his gladness and found his happiness. As we look over in another section here in chapter 2, now we're actually going to begin chapter 1, verse 17. And as we begin with that, uh, we're going to, of course, see the very, the text says there in verse 17 of chapter 1, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish, three days and three nights. Interesting about that, the Lord Jesus put his stamp of approval on this book uh, many years later uh, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, and when he made a prophetic statement looking back on what happened to Jonah, when he said uh, that as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights or in the fish three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. And so uh, verse 17 really in essence given the gospel and talking about what the Lord Jesus was going to do, that he was going to die and that he was going to be uh, in the grave for three days. And then of course he would rise again. We see that in chapter 2 verse 10 really that being pictured how the belly gave, how the uh, uh, the fish gave up Jonah. Uh, that is the resurrection day. That is a the resurrection of the Savior. I mean, there we see the whole chapter 2, verse 1 and 10. That's the third day. And we can see the victory that God's people can have. And, of course, prophetically what we see the Lord Jesus did. So as we understand there in verse 17, the Bible says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Lots of different things that we can see here uh, by way of application, but also uh, but also by, uh, by way of uh, symbols. You know, we can see that, as we said, the Lord Jesus put a stamp of approval on what Jonah had done and was also saying, this is what I'm going to do. Now understand uh, that uh, the Bible teaches us and shows us that, listen, before the foundation of the world, God knew, had all already planned and already prepared what was going to happen. Uh, the Lord Jesus was going to die for the sins of the world. That was, already, that was already planned. That was already prepared before the foundation of the world. That was already known and that was already recognized. And there in verse 17 we see uh, in essence, uh, the Bible says the Lord had prepared a great fish. Now, this great fish is a tremendous picture, of course, of death. It is a tremendous picture of sin. It is a tremendous picture uh, of hell. It is a tremendous picture of being separated from God. It's a tremendous picture of darkness. It, it is a tremendous picture of all these types of things. And I bring that out to you this morning because the Lord Jesus said there in Matthew twelve forty uh, that it, that uh, that this uh, that this great fish and the belly of this great fish was a picture of death and of course the wages of sin is death and so this fish a good picture of death a good picture of sin a good picture of darkness separation from God and as we begin there in verse chapter 2 and we begin there in verse 1 notice what the Bible says 
The Bible says that Jonah prayed unto the Lord God out of the fish's belly. And the Bible says in verse two, and he said, and I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. One of the very first truths I want us to share with you this morning is the sin of man. There in verses one to three, where the Bible says in verse three, thou hast uh, thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas and the floods can pass me about all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. As I said, this, this fish, a great picture of man, this great picture of man being swallowed up in sin, being separated from God. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God came to save. I'm thankful the Lord Jesus came to save me. That was many years ago. I got saved when I was 10. That was 37 years ago, and I praise God that I got saved. I praise God that my name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and no man can pluck me out of my Father's hands. I am safe and secure in the arms of Christ. But here we see a man here today, uh, and by way of application, we can see a man that is in essence gotten away from God, swallowed up in sin. We can see a man who is in essence being separated from God. Now we can't lose our sin, but we can see, I mean lose our salvation, but we can definitely see that sin can separate our fellowship with God. Not our relationship with God, but it can definitely separate our fellowship with the Lord. But we can see all different types of things here. We can see Jonah as a picture of man and what man's going through in his fallen state. We can see Jonah as a picture of Christ and there in verse 17 and what Christ has come to do for us. We can see Jonah a picture of a lost man that's on his way to a devil's hell. But there in verse two, we can see, there in verse uh, there in verse one, we see that Jonah, he began to pray. Now listen, there may, a lot of, there may be a lot of folks here this morning, whether in this church, there may be folks in other places that they're praying and they're asking God. They need some help. They're in sin. They need to be delivered. And they're praying. They, they feel like they are in essence in this place of, uh, of hell itself. I mean, there are some people that have gone through some pretty rough times in life that they felt like they were going in essence, uh, through hell itself, we see that Jonah, he was in this place. Hey, I don't know about you, but I, but I would think that being inside the belly of a great fish wouldn't exactly be the most comfortable place to be. And there he was, there in the belly of this great fish a symbol of sin, swallowed up in sin, swallowed up in death. And, and there we see Jonah, there he is in the midst of it. And, he's, and the Bible says that there in verse one of chapter two, that he began to pray out of the fish's belly. He says, I cried out of mine affliction. But notice there in verse two, Jonah's heart. We can see there in verse two, even still in the midst of his sin, even still in the midst of him running from God. And we can see there in verse two, he says, I cried of mine affliction. He didn't say I cried because of my conviction. It said he cried because of his affliction. Listen, he was, he was crying out because of the affliction that he was under. But there would come a moment where Jonah would cry out, not just because of his affliction, but also because of his conviction. We'll see that later in verse four. But we see that God brought him down to a place, well, a place where he would call out to him and we see that in throughout the scriptures that sometimes that there are places that men will go sometimes it's in the pit sometimes it's in other places where they are placed where all they can do is just look up to heaven and there in verse 1 the Bible says of chapter 2 that Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God 
out of the fish's belly. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we can pray anywhere. I'm thankful that we can pray no matter what's going on. Listen, the darkest moments of our life, when, 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 things are, when, when things are not comfortable and things are not looking good, no matter what's going on, that we can pray to God in the darkest places, in the darkest moments, when, we, when, we're, when we're sitting there, maybe perhaps all alone, I imagine in the belly of this great fish, that is a pretty lonely place to be. There is nobody around. There is nothing there and it is dark and, and it is a very lonely place and there he was and even in the midst of this lonely place we can see that he cried out of the fish's belly. He began to pray, the Bible says, in chapter two in verse one. He prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. I'm thankful. Listen, we, we understand this morning that, uh, that, listen, that we're sinners. We know we need to be saved and we know that the only way that we can get to heaven is through Christ. The Lord Jesus said, the Lord Jesus teaches us in his word that the only way for men to get to heaven is through him. For I am the way, the truth, and the life and that no man comes to the Father but by me. And so here we see Jonah. He is praying unto the Lord his God. And listen, I don't know about you here this morning. I don't know if you're saved. I don't know if you're lost. I can't see your soul. I don't know if your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I know that I'm saved, but listen, let every man do his business with God. I'm telling you today that every single person, every one of us, not just here, but outside those doors and in every church all across this land, man has to do his business with God. He needs the one that prays to God and says, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I'm in this place and I can't redeem myself. Listen, Jonah, a good picture of man swallowed up in sin, destined to go to hell and we can see that in this great symbolic picture that as man is swallowed up in sin, that he cannot deliver himself. Who is the one, who is the one that can deliver Christ? Who is the one that can deliver man? It is Christ himself. You look down in the chapter, you look down at verse 10. We see Jonah, did Jonah deliver himself? from the situation that he was in. No, it had nothing to do with Jonah. Jonah didn't deliver himself, but God said, the Bible says, that God spake unto the fish and it vomited Jonah out. Listen, the only way for a man to get to heaven and begin his new life apart from darkness and sin and separation from God is through Christ himself. And so we can see the picture of man who is lost and the only way to get to heaven is through the word of God and through the deliverance of Christ. But we also, I think, in picture can see a man who has just gotten away from God. Listen, how many of you know that God's people can backslide too. God's people can backslide. We can get away from the Lord. Exactly right. We sure can. And I think we understand Jonah, he's a saved man. Jonah, he's on his way to heaven. He's a saved man. But he had got himself into a place where he was separating himself from the fellowship of God. He paid his own fare to God. Had a, uh, God commissioned him to go down and preach to Nineveh, but yet Jonah himself had decided that what he was gonna do was pay his own fare. He went down to the ship, tried to get as far away as he could. But God had prepared this God had prepared this great fish to swallow up Jonah to put him into a place where, where Jonah would say, listen, you can't escape the calling of God. You cannot escape where I am. Listen, no matter where you are, I am there. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither height nor depth nor power or principality. And so we can see here in the text so many great examples and so many great pictures that we can see. The Bible shows us there in verse two that he cried by reason out of mine affliction 
unto the Lord and he heard me. Even though he didn't cry out of his conviction, he did cry out of his affliction. And you know what I like about verse two? The Bible says that God still heard him. He said, out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Even though his heart still wasn't in the right place, even though he still wasn't what he needed to be on the inside, he was still crying out to God, and God could still hear his voice. Man, praise the Lord for that. We have a God in heaven that knows all, can see all, and that can hear all despite the dark places we're in and despite how separated that we are trying to get, how, despite how separated that we may get, God can still hear us. The Bible shows us there in verse three, the Bible says, for thou hast cast me into the deep. In the midst of the seas and the floods can pass me about. All the billows of thy ways passed over me. There are so many similarities between Christ and Jonah. There are so many things that we can see. I mean, if you was to go all the way to chapter one and verse 12, you can see where the Bible says, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. That is what Jonah said. He said, and the Bible says, so shall the sea be calm unto you in such a great picture that we can see just as the Messiah Christ himself. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so they took Jonah, they cast him into the sea. The Lord Jesus was taken outside of the city and there he was judged on the cross by the world. This, the sea right here, a good picture of the good picture of the world and judgment. And what do we see Jonah? He says, the only way that you're gonna be free, the only way that any calmness and peace is gonna to come to your life is if you cast me into the sea. Jonah was offering up himself. The Lord Jesus did the very same thing. He died willingly, nobody made him, but he gave himself on that old rugged cross for my sin and for yours, willingly gave himself up. There in that verse in verse 12, he says, take me up. And the Lord Jesus said, if I be lifted up, how draw all men unto me. And so listen, the only way that a man could have the peace of God is of course to come through the judgment of sin on a person's life and that is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God poured out his wrath on his son. The Lord Jesus died on that cross thereby making peace with between God and man and Jonah said listen if you want the calmness to come to your life if you want the peace of God to be in your life it's only gonna come from the judgment of sin and the Bible shows us there in verse 12 he says he says for I uh, he says for the sea shall be calm unto you. And then we get down into verse 13 and the Bible says nevertheless the men rode hard. You see the men didn't want to take that way. The men didn't want to acknowledge that. They didn't want to throw Jonah in but we can see by way of picture how these men instead of instead of turning, instead of turning to Christ in essence, for example we can see that these men they decided to row. Listen, man can try to get to heaven all he wants on his own accord and it's not going to work out. You can do all your works. You can row hard. You can do everything you can to get to the land. Isn't that where the Bible says that they were going? The Bible says the men rode hard to bring it to the land. Listen, they cannot get where they needed to go. They couldn't get to the land. Listen, a man can't get to the promised land of heaven. A man can't get to heaven on his own. No matter how hard you row, no matter how many works you do, no matter what it is that you try to do in and of yourself, it's gonna be of no avail. It's all vain and futile. The only way to get to heaven is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these men, they rode and they rode hard, but their attempts were vain. 
They could not do it. And just like us here today, we got to understand that all of our own attempts to get our own selves to heaven, our own way and our own terms, it's not gonna work. And the Bible says that they could not, then listen, understand here this morning that we cannot on our own. The Bible says the sea raw and was temptuous against them. Listen, even the smallest sin is too much for a man to handle on his own for us to get to heaven if we want to measure sin as small and great. I'm just trying to get us to see here today that there is nothing that we can do, even in the smallest things that we think are no big deal, that we can ever be good enough to get ourselves to heaven, even that itself, even that itself was too strong for us. The Bible says they couldn't get to land on their own, even though they tried and they tried and they tried, they could not. The Bible says the sea was rawed and tempestuous against them. Listen, I tell you what, sin will fight and it'll give you everything it's got. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin taints everything it comes in contact with. Let us not be deceived here this morning to think, well, I'll just take a little bit. I'll just handle this and this right here will be okay. This right here will be enough. How many people here this morning can look back through the sands of time and say, I wish that I would have never taken part. I wish I'd have never even gave the moment of time to this right here because it has ruined my life. How many people can go back? How many families perhaps would be together here today? How many people would not be in the bondage of sin and suffering had they not given themselves over even to those things that seem so weak and small? I'm telling you here this morning, God is here to deliver. God is here to save. And how can we be saved? The Bible says to call out unto the Lord. We see here in verse 14, as the men tried to get there themselves, they could not. So in verse 14, the Bible says they cried unto the Lord. We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. Lay not upon us innocent blood. There in verse 14, so many beautiful pictures we see again. We see in man's vain attempts to get to heaven on his own. In essence, we see that he cries unto the Lord. Jonah cried unto the, these people cried unto the Lord. And they said, we beseech thee, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. Notice what they were notice what they said in verse 14. They didn't know too much about Jonah, but they did say this, lay not upon us innocent, lay not upon us innocent blood. They didn't want to throw Jonah into the sea because they didn't want to be guilty of throwing innocent blood into the sea. Is it not the Judas Iscariot whenever he came before the Pharisees and he threw those coins down in front of the Pharisees, he said, I've betrayed innocent blood. He said, I betrayed innocent blood. Listen, these men did not want to betray the innocent blood. In essence, they didn't want to do something that they shouldn't have done. Judas, of course, acknowledged that he did betray the innocent blood. And so we can see beautiful pictures of here of Jesus and, and Jonah and these men. The Bible says, O thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. Did you know in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, did you know that whenever the Lord, the Bible talks about when the Lord Jesus was crucified, and the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two that when the Lord Jesus was crucified that the sacrifice of his son was a sweet smelling savor that came up to God. It was pleasing to God. The sacrifice the sacrifice of his son was the only thing that would please and appease the, 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 the covering and the sacrifice for man's sins. 
The Bible shows this right here in the text. The Bible says in verse 15, of course, they, the Bible says they took up Jonah. And as I said a minute ago, there in verse 12, the Lord Jesus said, take me up and I'll draw all men to myself. They cast him out into the sea. That's like a picture of the crucifixion. And the sea ceased from a raging once the sacrifice was made and the atonement of sin was done. And the blood of Jesus began to cleanse man from his sin. And the Lord Jesus gave up the ghost and he said, it is finished. And he said, into your hands I commend my spirit. It was on that moment that the justification of sin was made. Now God had made peace with uh, now God had made peace with man through His Son, the Lord Jesus, and the curtain was torn down from top to bottom. And God said, "All that want to come to Me, please come. All that desire to drink, please come." The great invitation that we see in verse sixteen, the Bible says, "And the men feared the Lord exceedingly." Did you know that in Matthew chapter twenty-seven and verse fifty-four, when the Lord Jesus Jesus died. The Bible says that there was a great earthquake and the centurions they all stood around and they said of a truth this man is the son of God and the Bible says and they feared greatly. I'm just trying to get you to see this morning there are so many beautiful pictures that we can see between Jesus and, and Jonah and even, and even man himself. The Bible talks about how Adam was, we see the first Adam and the second Adam. Out of the first Adam we see in the scripture as a good picture of man is in sinful condition that lost his way. But then the second Adam typified in the Lord Jesus came to redeem man from who he was and where he was going because man could not do it on his own. And there in verse 10, as I stated earlier, we see the resurrection. We see Jesus coming back alive. We see Jonah. We see him being spewed up in vomit out of the, out of the fish. Out of, out of the belly of the great fish. Jonah couldn't save himself. Jonah couldn't deliver himself, but it was God that could, and God spake, and it happened. The Bible shows us here in this text, they took up Jonah in verse 15, cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from a raging, and the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. And then you get to verse 17, of course, after the crucifixion pictured there in verse 16. You now see in verse 17 that we see that the, before the foundations of the world what had been prepared and what had been planned was that the Son of God would taste death for every man and that the sins of man would be put on his son and then we see that a great fish was there It swallowed up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights and that's when the Lord Jesus said as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights so also shall the son of man picturing himself right here with Jonah and I'm telling you this morning as God people here today we look and we see there in chapter 2 and verse 1, we see Jonah on this third day praying unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and listen as man himself listen there's none righteous no not one we've all fallen short of the glory of God and if we don't, and if we don't get our hearts right and get our hearts prepared uh, for, for eternity and listen the Bible tells us and shows us in the scriptures what is your life it is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away the Bible tells us in the scriptures that there is a day appointed unto a man uh, and, and we got to understand that judgment is coming and we have to prepare ourselves for eternity and the Bible shows us 
us here that Jonah, he began to pray out of this lonely place, out of this dreadful dark place, out of this place that he could not deliver himself. There's lots of people in this world swallowed up in sin on their way to death, hell, and the grave. But the Bible teaches us and shows us that God can deliver us and God can save us. This says the song that was said here a minute ago. There in verse two, he says, I cried by reason of my affliction. Even though his heart wasn't right, the Bible says that God still heard him. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and thou heardest my voice. Listen, I don't care you sitting here this morning. You say, preacher, I've done all kinds of things in my life. I've done this sin, I've done this sin, I've done this sin. I have gotten so far away from God, it ain't funny. God would never want me. Listen, I'm telling you, no matter how far out there in the midst of the seas you are, no matter how lonely you feel, no matter how dark you it is. You can call out to God and the Bible says that his hand is not his hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. And so no matter where you are today, no matter what sin you've committed, God can forgive you and God can save you. For the Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And the Bible shows us this Jonah, as he began to cry out to God, a good picture, in essence, really still a good picture of even a lost man. The Bible says there in verse three, for thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas and the floods can pass me about and all the billows of thy ways passed over me. Man in his own sin, there he was still there in the belly of the great fish, swallowed up in sin, swallowed up in essence in death, getting further and further and further, perhaps out away, out from, away from God. And we see that he cannot deliver himself. He cannot help himself. But there is one thing that he can do. He can pray. He can pray. He can lift up his voice unto the God. He can lift his voice to the Savior. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. It once began because verse two, because of his affliction but I believe in the midst of his affliction as God began to get a hold of his heart he was no longer crying necessarily because he was in the belly of the fish he knew that he was wrong on the inside he knew that his heart wasn't right and he knew he needed to get things right with God and even though it still took a little time and he was still angry as we can see going into chapter 3 and even into chapter 4 I believe that we see Jonah in essence here for a little while, his heart beginning to perhaps change. The Bible says there in verse three that he was in the deep places. He was out in the midst of the sea. Listen, he was in a place where nobody could reach him. He was, he was out there in a place where nobody could see him. He was out there in a place where nobody could reach him. Nobody knew where Jonah was except God. Nobody could reach Jonah except God. Nobody could hear Jonah except God. And there he was out in the midst thinking that there is no way. How am I ever gonna get out of such a place? So he began to cry out to God and I'm just telling you here this morning from the pulpit to the pew, and we all of us here together listen from the pulpit to the pew and everybody outside those doors and all across the world. We have to see this desperate condition, this desperate place that we're in, this darkness that we are in and surrounded by. Listen, if we, are, the Bible teaches us that it shows us in the scriptures that if we're not saved, and we haven't trusted Christ as our personal savior, then, we're lost, then we are lost, and then we are lost, and we are on our way to a devil's hell, and I'm just telling you this morning that we need to be saved, every single one of us. 
The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one that every man has gone astray. Every man has gone his own way. And he shows us there in verse three how he is in the depths. He is in the midst of the sea. The floods can pass him about. He feels overwhelmed. There's so many things that are beating upon his life. He talks about the waves that are there. There in verse four, the very first part of it, such a sad first part. He says, then I said, when he looked at his condition and he saw where he was, he said, I am cast out of thy sight. What a terrible, what a terrible thought. To say that I am so far gone that I don't even think God can see me anymore. That I'm so far out there in the depths of sin. That I'm so far out there in the world that God can't see me anymore. How terrible. But I don't know about you, but I'm thankful this morning. Despite the things we get ourselves into and despite our sin, despite us, there's a God that is always faithful who tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so whenever we're out there in the midst of the sea and we're out there all alone and the darkness is all around us and we think we've gone beyond what, we think we've gone beyond what God can see and we think we've gone beyond what God can help, I'm just telling you here this morning that there's nothing that can separate us from God. He can hear your voice and the devil will have you say, oh, God don't want you, sin will take Oh, you don't need to go. You don't need to surrender your life to Christ. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to pray. You don't need to read your Bible. You don't need to have fellowship with God's people. Listen, the devil do everything he can to keep you in a lost state. The devil do everything he can to a saved man to keep him from rededicating his life back to the Lord. Listen, the devil don't want you, even if you're saved and on your way to heaven, he don't want you to be a service to God. Listen, I'm telling you here this morning, the Bible shows us he says in verse three that he was in the depths. He was in the midst of the sea. The floods have compassed him about. Verse four, he says, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Oh, how lonely that must be. You ever felt like he was all alone? Sometimes you can feel all alone in a crowded place. And there he was there in verse four. I am cast out of thy sight. How, how sad that must be for him to be in such a place where he feels like he is in such a darkness that he is so alone that God himself cannot even see him, that God himself cannot reach him. But notice what happens. We see the change. In the middle part of that verse, he says, yet I will look again. And that is the title of my message this morning. I just gave you the introduction. Just kidding. But I will look again as the title of my message this morning. I will look again. Let me ask you here today. What is it that we are swallowed up in in our life? Is it bitterness? Is it grief? Betrayal? Hurt? Pain? Suffering? Sorrow? All these things. What are we weeping over in our hearts tonight, this morning? Loneliness? Besetting sins, things that we're trying to get victory over. I mean, what is it that is swallowing us up today? What is, what is it that it has us in this place of darkness, in essence, in prison, that in essence, bound in affliction? What is that thing? Is it one? Is it more? What is it today that is keeping you from looking at him again? What is it today that is keeping you from looking at Christ? 
What is it today that has got you to such a place to where you say that I am so separated from God, that I am so alone and I am in such a dark place that I am cast out of his sight? What is it? And as every man examines himself, not his brethren, but as every man examines himself, what is it that is keeping you from looking again? The Bible shows us here in verse 4, he says, I will look again toward thy holy temple. What a, well, I mean, it, I mean, we see this one verse. We see this one verse, the very first part of it. It's almost like it speaks of the worst of it. The worst thing, that I'm cast out of his sight. But then we see the last part of verse 4 that says, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Aren't you glad this morning God don't give up on you? I don't know about you, but I am. I'm glad God don't give up on me. Listen, if I was God, God could have gave up on me a long time ago. That's why I'm glad I'm not God. There's a lot of people in this world say, oh, if I was God, I'd do this. Now, if you was God, you do what God did. Because if you was God, you know what he knows. You see what he sees. Amen. So you do the same thing he'd do. The Bible shows us here in the text. He said, I will look again. And so if you're here this morning and you feel surrounded and, and you're in darkness and you feel compassed about and you're beating upon the waves, waves upon waves, and you feel like you're cast out of the sight of God, does God still know I'm here? Does God know that I'm sinking down here? Does God know that I'm dying? How oh, I've gone too far this time. I'm telling you, if you'll just lift up your voice and pray. The Bible says there in verse two, twice he heard me. And I cried and thou heardest my voice. Yet I will look again toward the holy temple. What is it this morning that's keeping you from looking to Christ? What is it? Is it, is it sin that's in our life? Is it, is it all these other things that we allow, distractions and all these other things that we allow to come between us and God? Listen, sometimes it can just be small things. I've used this illustration before in a different way. But sometimes it can just be some small things that come between us and God. Such as, how many of you would agree that the sun is bigger than my thumb? Is that a fair statement? Now, I can block out the sun if I put my thumb up. The sun's bigger than my thumb, Right? But I can keep this out of my vision if I put my thumb and keep the sun behind my thumb. I'm just trying to simply get us to see this morning that we can allow small things to get between us and God. And these things get between us and God and sometimes then it becomes something else and becomes something else and becomes something else and next thing you know we find ourselves feeling like we're out of God's sight. Listen, if I got my thumb up and I can't see the sun, does that mean the sun on this side, does that mean it's not shining on my thumb anymore? It still sees my, the sun's still shining on my thumb, is it not? From that side? You see what I'm trying to get you to see this morning? Just simply to get us to understand and see that God still sees us. God still knows where we are. Despite of ourselves, despite even despite of our own hearts, 
The Bible shows us there in verse four, he says, I will look again toward the holy temple, even though I haven't been what I need to be, even though I was in this place swallowed up in sin. God, I have nowhere to go. I have nobody else to call to. And so, Lord, here today, I am looking towards you again. So what is, listen, I'm telling you today, whatever it is that is keeping you from looking towards heaven, whatever it is that's keeping you from praying, whatever it is that's keeping your eyes out of God's word, whatever it is that's keeping your voice from praying and singing praises and thanksgiving to God, whatever it is that's keeping you from getting saved, it's time to get it, time to get rid of it. You gotta set it off to the side. Listen, ain't nothing in this world nor the critics or the opinion of somebody else worth your soul. The Bible says in verse 4, yet I will look again. The waters can pass me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went to the bottoms of the mountains. A good picture of the Lord Jesus when he was in, the Bible says whenever he was in the grave for those three days, when his body was there in the grave for those three days, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians, I believe, chapter 4 and verse 4, that he descended into the heart of the earth and preached there in Peter to the spirits in prison, declaring his victory and triumph over sin, death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says, Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption. I like the idea that the Bible teaches me in Acts chapter 2 and verse 27 that when Jesus died, that he was raised up again and that he did not see, his body did not see corruption. The Bible says in verse 7, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came into thee, into the holy temple. And they observe lying vanities for their own sake. But I will sacrifice unto thee the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is what? Of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, vomited it out on dry and vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And verse 10 is not only a good resurrection picture, it's a good story of a new beginning of a man. But you see, Jonah there in verse 10, he could have never got to the dry land on his own. He could have never got there on his own. The Bible said the Lord spake unto the fish. Aren't you glad all God's got to do is speak? I mean, did he not speak the world into existence? Did he not scatter the stars in the sky and give everyone a name? Did he not place everything where it needed to be in exactly the right time, exactly the right place, exactly the right moment? The Bible says by him all things consist. The Bible says God spake unto the fish. I mean, if he can speak to the mountains, tell them to rise, he can speak, he can speak to the, the sun and the stars and tell them where they need to go and when they need to come up, when they need to go down. If he can speak to the waters and tell them they can't come but this far. That's right. If he can speak to the birds in the morning and tell them when to sing, the flowers when to open up in the morning. Did you know the reason why some of the flowers open up in the mornings because they hear the birds sing? The Bible says in verse 10, the Lord spake unto the fish. God has full power and full control of this situation that we're in. And you cry out to God here this morning, I believe with all my heart, despite the fact that you feel like you've gotten too far away. 
Despite the fact you feel like you are swallowed up in sin and that you are on your way to a devil's hell and you feel like that you're all alone and that God cannot reach you, that God cannot get to you because nobody else can. I'm telling you here today, if you just lift up your voice to God, he'll hear you today. I believe this morning that God wants you, desires for you to be saved to such a degree because my Bible says he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And that if we will lift up our voice up to him and we will lift up our hand, we would see that Christ is already there, ready to rescue us here this morning, ready to help. Does not the Bible say that God is a present help in time of trouble? That he is our refuge and that he is our help, that he is our fortress. The Bible shows us there in verse 10, and we're gonna leave with this. The Bible says the Lord spake unto the fish. Listen, whatever sin it is, this fish, a good representation of sin, a good representation of death, a good representation of the bondage that people are in. And if God can speak to that fish and say, you let Jonah go, then God can speak to whatever it is that you are bound in here this morning and say, release my son or set him free. Listen, God's in complete control. And if you call out, to him will see the power of God on our life and he says there in verse 10 the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah now in verse 10 we see that it vomited out Jonah now that word vomited isn't a very pleasant word it is vile and the Bible says in verse 10 that he spake to the fish and vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Now understand this. God's willing to take a man as he is. He's willing to take a man as he is. Jonah was covered from vomit from the head to his foot. And God said, despite where you've been, despite who you are, and despite what you smell like, I got a plan for you. I got something great I want you to do. I'm thankful for that here this morning. That despite the vileness of our sin, despite the things that we've been swallowed up in in our life, there's a God in heaven that's gracious enough and merciful enough to where it's renewed every single morning that, he, that not only his grace and his mercy, but also his love, his long suffering renewed every single morning forever upon us. And the Bible shows us here in the text there in verse 10, we can essence see this man as he gives himself over the, a lost man, a good picture of a lost man that gives himself to Christ. Did he come out of a stinky place? Yes, he did. Did he come out of a place that wasn't very nice? Yes. Did he come from a place that was very distant, that was far out there in sin? Yes, he did. But you know what? Because there is no sin that can stain the soul, that the blood of Jesus can't wash away. We see that there in verse 10, when Jonah was vomited out of this well, that God said, I got a plan for you because the very next thing that is said is the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time and arise and go to Nineveh. That's exactly right. He says, I got a plan for you, Jonah. Despite where you've been, despite the darkness that you've been in, despite the sin that's been swallowing you up, despite how you felt, despite all these things, I got a plan for you in your life. God's mercy and grace. Good picture, as I said earlier, also of a resurrection Sunday. The Lord spake unto the fish and vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. This is the third day. And of course, the Lord Jesus, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And there in verse 10, we'll stop with this. 
The Bible said, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah into the sea. Is that what it said? Vomited him out where? Dry land. See, dry land was somewhere he couldn't get on his own. Just like a man can't get to heaven on his own. Jonah couldn't get to dry land on his own. But God could speak. And God can work and move in Jonah's life and get Jonah where he needed him to be. But Jonah couldn't get where he needed to be by himself. But through the power of God, all God had to do was speak and get Jonah where Jonah needed to be. That dry land's a good picture of a restart. It's a good picture even of a rebirth. It's a good picture of a man that despite the sin that he's been in, that God can clean him up and use him and still use him for tremendous things. I'm glad I'm saved here this morning. I'm glad that despite myself, God still has a desire to use me. Let's pray today. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. God, you have been so good. As the piano plays, when they get ready, Brandon will sing here in just a moment. But at this time, every man just examines his own self and says, What is my, where am I at with God today? My relationship with God, am I lost this morning? Never accepted Christ as my Savior. If that speaks of you today, I want you to know God in heaven loves you. He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. If we'll put our faith and trust in Christ today, God will forgive us and save us. I can't reach you where you are, but God can. I can't save you, but God can. If we'll put our faith and trust in what Christ has done. Lord Jesus will hear us from heaven and will save us. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see anybody like that here this morning? Nobody's looking at me and God. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Preacher, pray for me. I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I need to get saved. Could be that we're just sitting here this morning saying, you know what? You don't have to raise your hand on this, but say, you know what, preacher, I, I do have some things I feel like I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I do feel like I've got some things that's kind of swallowing me up right now. I do got some things in my life that is hindering me and keeping me from being what I need to be for God. And I do feel like times that, that I feel like, like Jonah, I'm just cast out of his sight. Whether it's grief, despair, hardships, sin. Whatever it is, I'm glad that we have a God that's merciful and compassionate. Who is slow to anger. And whatever it is that is on your life that is keeping you. from serving God the way you need to. You just talk to God about it this morning. Use this opportunity to bring it before God. Ask God for help. 
Come to God in repentance. Lord, forgive me for this. Cleanse my heart and my soul. Isn't that what David did in Psalm 51? Renew the right spirit in me. Cleanse my heart, oh God. I don't know what's your business that you need to do with God today, but I implore you to use this moment and this opportunity to do just that. As we prepare to come to the altar this morning, if at any time you say, Preacher, I need to get saved, you make sure you come and see me. And we'll take the word of God and show you this morning how you can be saved. Would you put your faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone for salvation? Not in yourself, not in this world, not in this preacher or anybody else. Jesus said, no man can come to the Father but by me. Stand if you would. Brianna's going to sing. Whatever it is this morning, God's just spoken to your heart. Whatever it is, I encourage you. Just to let God have his perfect work in your life. Listen, we all need help. We all got some things that burden our soul. the work under construction this morning. None of us is perfect from the pulpit to the pew. We all need work. We all need help. We all need forgiveness. We all need cleansing. I'm thankful we can come to God for these things.
Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for being here this morning. I pray the message was a blessing to you. And we heard from the Lord today. And God spoke to our hearts about whatever it is that he needed to speak to us about. And uh, just thank you so much for being here. Look forward to being back here tonight. And that will be at 445. Our choir practice 545 for our prayer time. And then 6 o'clock for the evening service. Look forward to seeing you then. Let's be dismissed in prayer. Uh, and if I could, uh, Brother Jason, would you dismiss us, please?